United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hi. Hi. Um, very important Patreon episode. Everyone needs to go listen to the last week's one and this week's one. They're very—they are more than worth their one dollar in gold. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Like if I even see someone, just like subscribe, listen to it, unsubscribe. Can't even hate the game, man. No, I know. Thank it's you for like, the thank you for the people who stick it out, of course. But um, yeah, it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth that one dollar. Pop in now, listen to those two, and then leave. It's totally worth it. It's incredible, incredible tea that I can't even express to you here. Oh, it's, del- it's it's delicious. That's the only yeah. way to describe it. It's, it's, it's fucking delicious. Scrumptious. Um, speaking of scrumptious, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I have coughed so hard that I'm pretty sure I pulled a muscle within my chest. Oh, well, and I'm Chelsea. Um, man, all gas, no poop. So. Mm, you hate to see that. It's a uh, all. Thunder, I would love no to see lightning. something. Yeah, I would love to see something happen. Um, I'm just very uncomfortable, but I am excited to learn today. Yeah. Speaking of shit, um, we're gonna talk about <laughs> God, sorry. televangelism. No, that's literally why. What do you mean? That's a I don't know. I, okay, so what happened was the laugh that came out of me was embarrassing and stupid. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to edit that out. And then I immediately thought, no, I'm not. No. Um, so there's a whole range of emotions that went there. I think I have the ugliest laugh on earth and it just stays in no matter what. I just don't even oh, care. I, yeah, I don't. I, there is nothing appealing about me. Not even my personality. That's what I'm saying. Dude, oh my God. So many people like, are you guys going to do videos? Are you guys going to do like a streamed podcast? Are you guys going to like do it on YouTube? And I was like, absolutely not. These two fucking bitches have a face for radio. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one time where I was like, no, it would be so funny. I think it was, I wanted to do a thing that I saw in RuPaul's Drag Race where like you would wear a makeup smock and you and then but I behind you would be the arms, but I wouldn't see. And you would narrate like a makeup tutorial. But it would be funny because I'd be doing the arms. And I would I, the chaos that I would be doing, you would have to be narrating. So and then, then I would be subjected to. And then you were like, I, video. yeah, so I pitched it. And I was like, hey, we should do this for Patreon. And you said, no, I don't have enough makeup on to do that. It was like a makeup tutorial. So um, if that's any indication. Yeah, it's not fucking happening. It's sweet um, of you, Noel. I'll say to bring yourself down to my potato level, um, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I you, just you beautiful, stupid bitch. Thank you. I can't do it, but I will say I think for Patreon um, this weekend, I think we might give the people the sprite jugging. Sprite jugging. We should. Is happen this weekend. Let's do so it. We'll get that video and yeah. maybe some puke. Who knows? Um, <laughs> anyway. I'd anyway. love to puke for you. <laughs> it would be my for you, honor. not like you, sp- not you, Noel, but you, no, whoever's you, listening, the now. people. It um, would be my honor to puke for you yeah, um, for for the mere one dollar donation. Yeah. The the amount of cheap wine I drink tastes just as good coming up as it does going down. So incredible, not even bothered by it. Um, I can't say that. I'm a scream puker, and when I puke, my entire body shakes and shivers. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just a power puker. I'm like, 
we'll continue my conversation and then it just kind of comes out. Like I'll kind of lean over and then I can go back into it. I got time, man. I got to weave that into my day. Incredible. Unbothered. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of actually being bothered, we're talking about, and vomit. (sighs) Look what you made me do. We're talking about um, televangelism. Um, So here's a few definitions right up top. The definition of a televangelist, an evangelist, evangelical, who conducts regularly televised religious programs, and that includes TV and radio. As nouns, the difference between evangelical and evangelicalist, I can't. <laughs> the syllables are just all over the place here. Syllables. <laughs> Well, because the syllables, you're putting the wrong emphasis. I can't. It's great. (laughs) That's how I have to read it. Is that evangelical is a member of an evangelical church, while evangelicalist is Christianity, inherent or special preacher. Like, it's a preacher versus person in the, what are they, in the congregation is essentially it. Yeah. Um, And they specifically revolve around being like a revivalist or someone who conducts services in different cities or locations now often televised. So there are a few evangelicals and televangelists that I was thinking about covering. There's like, and some of these may ring a bell. Um, Jim Baker, Pat Robertson, um, Robert Tilton. There's like the list goes on. There's so fucking many because there's yeah. literally a history of evangelical preachers that paved the way for televangelism because obviously that wasn't around always. But right. it had to go. It had to go evangelical traveling preacher, radio traveling preacher to. TV traveling preacher. So and essentially what you're saying here is evangelical is a type of church. And then an evangelist is a member of that church. And evangelical is just, they say that they're just teaching the Christian religion, yeah. um, but it's really Protestant movement. Um, born again, dare I say is the best way to know if something's evangelical, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I see what you're saying. Picking up your um, there you go. And then, like, the evangelical to televangelist pipeline, obviously, like, that's yeah. the whole thing. So, um, as some of you may know, this was going to be an episode about Jim Baker and Tammy Faye, because I truly think Tammy Faye was a gift to this world. Yes. But I've decided that this is going to be a series, because like the aforementioned um, preachers that I've talked about, they have all done horrific, crazy insane how is this legal how are they getting getting away with it some Mm -hmm. of them have not gotten away with it so i was like it would be a shame to um leave anyone out because i feel like personally um no one's really talking about it like no one's really talking about what they did what they have done and what they continue to do well, and even like now when you do hear about it, like you'll hear Chris Pratt is a member of some mega church who supported um, anti-LGBTQ plus type stuff. And 
it gets glossed over to where Chris Pratt will be like, oh, no, I love gay people. Um, yeah. Like, don't hate me. I just like Jesus. And that's not it, really. Because mm-hmm. these the thing that makes these so nefarious is that money is power and they're using that power for evil. Hold and, on and- to that money okay. is power thought. Okay. Um, and I also want to say, because you briefly mentioned megachurches, the evangelical to televangelist to megachurch pipeline the Venn diagram is a circle. It's yeah. all connected. If they're in a mega church, they're an evangelical. Like that just is what it is. Yeah. Cause I always think of them like super interchangeably. Like I don't see evangelical, like the way that they say it essentially is somebody who talks about Christianity and that's not it. Otherwise, like technically you and I could be evangelical because we're talking about Christianity right now. Mm-hmm. It's the cult behind it and the, the fever and like the foaming at the mouth nonsense that makes yeah. it fucking scary yeah and i would also say that evangelicals um and this is like a total fly on the wall perspective are really good at um weaving in current day modern issues and problems Mm -hmm. into like testament verses or teachings whatever um so that when when they're like almost new age revivalist of the old shit and that they take yeah they're the ones who are really fucking good at taking some out of context bible verse quote whatever you call it and using it to explain a current day modern problem it's very Um, like king james version type biblical belief or like new age biblical belief stuff like that where it's like cut and paste to mm -hmm. fit and like i know all religion does that but evangelicals are so fucking good at it Mm -hmm. because they tie it into like modern values yeah that's where people not just modern values i would say specifically modern fears because that's where the evangelicals thrive they don't thrive on giving you the comfort blanket of salvation they thrive on the fear mongering and how you know what i mean and and we'll talk more about that in a second but um also so, the comparative so I know we're shitting on them, but also the comparisons, like because I'm evangelical, I'm better than you. So even if you're a fucking Christian or like Buddhist, like living your life, like walking the straight and narrow, if you're not evangelical, you are less than. And that gives them these fucking white rednecks, pieces of shit, a way to finally feel superior to somebody else's, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would up. it is very much um calculated and precise that yeah evangelical communities really thrive in lower middle class to lower class areas and neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because they oftentimes wrap their a la carte out of context, biblical verses with modern day fears, which tend to revolve around all of the broken systems and problems of America and allows you to put the blame on other, other things and other people. So, um, this is going to be a series. <laughs> there's too much, yeah. There's too much because if there's one thing that showcases the rot that is, in my personal opinion, Christianity, it's a televangelist. And this didn't die back in the 80s when Robert Tilton was speaking in tongues on TV saying he could cure dwarfism, which is real. Look it up. It's recorded. You can watch it. Um, Or when Jim Baker got caught with a boyfriend after cursing out gay people, it didn't stop then. And I think at least even me, even I had the opinion that it did 
that it, it yeah. came and went through the 50s to 80s and maybe a little bit in the 90s, but it's no, but that is not the case. They are very much still here. They're mm-hmm. transforming and evolving and becoming even more dangerous. And we'll go into that in a, uh, later on. But, but, um, these motherfuckers are still in the living rooms of lower and middle class America, which brings me to the red, white, and blue American demon himself. Who this episode is dedicated to Kenneth Copeland, the devil himself. Truly. Mm-hmm. And back to the money is power. I want to talk to you now about something called the prosperity gospel. Okay. Chelsea, do you want to read these four? biblical quotes for me i'd fucking love to so the bible encourages believers to give in first corinthians 16 2 on the first day of every week each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when i come Two corinthians 9 6 the point is whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully and yes the bible teaches that those who give generously will be blessed by god um, Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. And then Second Corinthians 9.7 again, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I can already fucking see where you're going, and I don't even know where we're going. Let's talk about why these Bible verses matter. Because I would assume that this has to do with, like, fucking charity. But no, they're going to say fucking tithing, aren't they? They're going to say tithing, aren't they? Absolutely. Because people like Kenneth Copeland and a few other televangelists preach what they call the prosperity gospel. Oh, and you, okay. Yeah. I've and use verses like the aforementioned above as the foundation to preach that, to prove it, and as I'd like to say, to scam. Yeah, because if you are poor, if you give me a dollar, you'll get $2 back. Exactly. That's what they do. That's what they fucking do. And the prosperity gospel preaches that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them, and that faithful, positive speech and specifically donations to religious causes will increase one's matrial wealth, Material. Okay. Material. Not material. <laughs> Sorry. Not mother's material. wealth. Yeah. <laughs> you're so close. Material wealth. <laughs> I love it. Um, AKA, it. fuck the poor. Yeah. Because you're not given to the poor no more. You're given to the fucking church. But here's the thing. We already said they specifically target lower middle class and lower class people. So how can like, it's, and this, this is the tying into the fear. Yeah. And it's the same thing too. Like, man, I'm. It's it's kind of the casino mentality of like if I just give one more dollar, if I just mm-hmm. bet one more dollar, you can't do just one. Yeah. Because they're doing a gamble on people trying to have a better life. It's so yeah. predatory. Like if you give me some of your money, I promise God will see it and you'll be rewarded two times back. Yeah. They want you to give your last penny. They tell you to give your last penny. Mm-hmm. And you are told that if you don't, your spot in heaven won't be there. Like, it's not yeah. promised. Bad things will happen to you. Yeah, it's like and, Martin Luther um, who? <laughs> like, no. We ain't uh, nailing proclamations to churches anytime soon these days, I guess. Right? Yeah. And um, I, I think 
tying more into this, like specifically targeting these communities that don't have, um, I don't want to say the ability, but maybe they just don't have the context to look at um, what's happening around these verses to describe them. What is the context in which, like, what's the context of the chapters in which these came from? What is the, what is the theme of that? I I don't need the sentence. I need the overall arcing theme of what these revolve around and mean. And I need you individually as the person to do your own research into that, to pick up your Bible, read it, understand it, digest it, think about it, analyze it, not just immediately take the words from this person's mouth and, and um, like hold them as truths to yourself. I mean, this, this is some of the founding fucking shit. <clears throat> of like how the oppressed stayed oppressed under the thumb of religion, knowing that most of the people could not even read the Bible and that yeah. they had to take the p- preacher, pastor, whoever at their word because mm-hmm. they were unable and incapable to do it themselves. Well, and it's probably the same with some of these communities. Like I bet if you, and that's not to like shit on them or anything, but I bet if you dissect the, average educational level they're not going anywhere affluent like that would make more sense if they did and i'm sure they get some affluence supporting them but that's not what they're building their foundation on if i am going to make a little bible reference (laughs) oh a thousand percent um but i specifically remember going to church and learning about some of these verses specifically the god loves a cheerful giver like don't give reluctantly or under compulsion that was taught to me as if you give tithing and you feel shitty about it, don't fucking give tithing. Fuck you. Like, don't taint your, don't taint the money you give with a bad attitude. If you have, if you put a fucking penny in there and you feel so excited to do that, that's like your last penny. That's worth more than anything like a reluctant person can give. That's how it was taught to me. It was like, we're, and then that's where we got the thing of like a shepherd doesn't like rob his own flock, stuff like that. Um, but if I would have, if you would have explained this to me in the form of tithing, I wouldn't have fucking understood because I wouldn't have understood the context. I count on a pastor, a preacher, somebody who has more knowledge than me to explain it to me, and they're twisting it. Exactly, clearly. and most people do. And even yeah. take out like, uh, let's even pretend like everyone has the ability to read and understand the context of it and understand the overall theme. A lot of people just don't. Yeah. They they because they put their trust, their faith, for lack of a better word into the preacher telling them these things because they in their heart of hearts believe that this person is like divine and brought to them in this position by God. So why would they question and look it up anyway? And don't even like shit on people like this because we're all doing it in our day-to-day lives. Like how many people are buying what Elon Musk bought, like a selling hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't have to be religion. It's sometimes people are preying on that and it's like, Hey, buy stock, buy this, do this. Um, and some people follow it. Like, he's a hero to a lot of people, which is, like, fucking fine. I don't agree. Um, it's but it's, like, so fun. similar. It's the same rubric every time. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes televangelism so scary is look at how dangerous religion has become. Just, you know what I mean? Like, a Tesla, yeah. if, te- if Elon Musk crashes and burns, like, Tesla's going to be fine. If an entire church goes down, um... 
look at how many people die of religion every day, like when religion yeah. goes sour. Or like we're gonna, we're it, gonna talk about yeah, like we're look at banned abortions. Some. Like, yeah, we're fucking existing. <clears throat> Yeah, there, we're facing very real life um, examples of this, but we'll also yeah. go into the specifics of what they do. So, um, anyway, often in order to convince desperate people that if they give the church lar- large sums of money, that donation will act as a quote seed, and this is a term that you will hear and see a lot of televangelists using. Yeah, um, which they can reap for personal financial blessing in the future. It's got to um, be affordable, right? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. You want the biggest, most robust seed. Um, and oftentimes it's in the hundreds, if not thousands, that they're asking for. Uh, or for they can't afford it. Who can't afford it. And they and you, we say that, right? We say, we can't afford it. I couldn't just pull out $1,000 and give it to these churches, oh. but... Here's what happens. Imagine, imagine you really, truly believe that, like, if you're, you've got a foreclosure on your house, Mm -hmm. you are late on your power bill, you don't know how you're going to serve dinner over the weekend to your family, but your preacher, your pastor, whoever the fuck they are, reverend, has told you and shown you through his life and the stories that he presents on his program or during his sermons that if you give everything that you have it will come back to you tenfold and you i know it's really hard for us to put ourselves there no i can put myself there easy i went to fucking college yeah right and i got shit for to show for it yeah i got an expensive piece of paper Put yourself at the edge of desperation with yeah. one foot off of it. Yeah. And then this person reaching out saying, this is how I will save you. Guaranteed because God told me. And you believe that. And you believe in God. Why You, you believe that that's the truth. You're going yeah. to find a way. You're gonna, there's people who sell their stuff to mm-hmm. come up with money, to give not only what they have, but then some putting themselves in the negative yeah. to these televangelists because they think, believe, and honestly know and to them that it's going to come back tenfold because that's what they were told and promised under the guise of God. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad, too, because I know we're like, oh, we don't have $1,000. We could come up with $1,000 if needed. We could sell yeah. our cars. We could sell yep. our stuff. We could go without food. We could get our heat turned off. There's a lot of ways that you and I could come up with $1,000 if we wanted to be creative. And it's all at loss of, like, the bare minimum of what we should have. Like, a warm place to stay. Like, electricity, food, water. And this is what they're giving up. Because, like, $1,000, that's – you're not paying utilities that month. Like, that's yeah. insane. That's rent, utilities, food, and then some. Yeah. A 1,000%. <clears throat> so, at their worst – televangelists prey on people in dire financial or even health-related emergencies, endangering these people's well-being. And at their least harmful, they still profess a wealth-centric message. So let's briefly talk about the rise of televangelism. During the 1960s, the prosperity gospel teachers fell face-first into televangelism and dominated religious programming in the United States. Oral Roberts was among the first 
developing a syndicated weekly program that became the most watched religious show in the United States. In the 1980s, public attention in the United States was drawn to the prosperity gospel through the influence of televangelists such as Jim Baker. Some televangelists are also pastors or ministers in megachurches, but the majority of their followers come from TV and radio audiences. Televangelism is unfortunately a horrific and uniquely American thing. By being on public TV and radio, they are virtually there for anyone who can afford it. And even those who can't, like a lot of their programming is one of three channels you could get for free. Yeah. And of course the globalization of broadcasting has caused some televangelists to reach a wider audience. And of course, like with YouTube, now they're streaming it there and shit. It's fucking everywhere. They have their younger members prophetizing on TikTok. It's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of televangelism, connecting it with dishonesty, greed, materialism, wastefulness, and scandal should come to mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's talk about all of those in the Copelands. I had to watch a KCM, which is I'm Kenneth. So sorry, yeah, I just saw that. Oh my god! I'm so I don't. Sorry. I had to watch a KCM Kenneth Copeland Ministries mini doc yeah. created by them and on their specific YouTube channel on the life of Kenneth and <laughs> so um, Gloria Copeland for this info. So kill my entire fucking ass. It was fucking awful. Um, this shit doesn't exist anywhere than under the umbrella of kcm yeah <sighs> my lord <laughs> yeah the prop the, sometimes the propaganda doesn't taste very good does it the propaganda was some of the worst shit i've ever tasted oh in my, my life also like it starts off and it's like hold on let me see if i can do the voice like little house <laughs> on the prairie <laughs> no it's even worse it's like uh-huh. it's like this uh this is the story of kenneth copeland and boy did he live a magical blessed life like that I don't like it. I know. It that, I feel awful. like the whole document, like documentary, was slightly out of focus. But that, like, almost like filter that shitty eighties and nineties movies had that we had to watch in school. Yeah, it reminded me of like that uh, that commercial of like you know best the CD of all of the best R and B like yeah. lovemaking. But that guy, but if he was more excited, um, that's what it. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, and I will say it was only um, 15 minutes long and it took me almost two hours to finish it. I was going to say that's a, that's a, that eats a day because mm-hmm. you have to just, you have to absorb that, but I'm plastic. What if I get a fucking absorb from that shit? Yeah. I was like, I was doing like two, two to five minute increments. It was fucking horrible. Oh my God. So here we go. Kenneth Max Copeland was born in Lubbock, Texas on 12-6-36 to Aubrey Wayne and Vanita Pearl. His mom had him singing in church at a young age, and much like all prolific scammers, co-leaders, and snake oil salesmen, he was a fucking hit. Oh, like a little Jim Jones. Literally. Yeah, he's a day away. Uh, he's got too much filler and facelift to ever go off to Ghana, though. Um, so he put on a fucking show. It seems like he is in constant battle for the limelight over God, in my honest opinion. 
So it makes sense that he left performing in churches to pursuing a full-time singing career and set out to record an album. He was signed to Imperial Records, which was owned and owned still by Universal Music Group. That's insane. (laughs) I know. You're going to love this. His single, Pledge of Love, hit the Billboard Top 40 and charted in the Top 40 on April 20th, 1957, and stayed on the charts for 15 weeks, peaking at number 17. Do you think we'll get hit with copyright if we play it? I literally don't give a shit. There it is, baby. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the beginning of, like, old Disney movies where they're, like, oh, and yeah. it's just, like, the fox and the hound, and it's just everybody singing, or, like, in Bambi or Snow White. That's what it reminded me of. And then he started singing, and then I almost coughed out my lung. So back in, like, the 90s, 80s and 90s, you used to be able to go to, like, inside of malls. They had karaoke studios where you'd film, like, your own music video singing karaoke, and they'd give you a tape of it. That's what that reminds me of. That is like, Ah. that is what that is to me. It's just like some lonely man singing a song poorly in a karaoke room. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got an album, but he just recorded it in GarageBand. Um, Yeah. But he got fucking successful out of it. That makes me so mad. I don't like it when people get, like, when people are successful. He's a white man in America who's a Christian. Of course, he's going to fail upwards. Come on. Ugh, you're right. So at this point, the horrific doc um, says his mom was praying for him. I'm assuming she didn't love this type of stardom for him since they were conservative Bible thumpers in Texas. Yeah. No one she wants was, a Nancy voice singing at the mall. That's what I'm saying. And she was probably the type of woman who like passed out when Elvis thrusted his hips on TV. So I doubt that she was like really vibing with her son's um, heartbreak ballads of the fifties. And the doc mentions, Oh, this is, I really need everyone to focus up here. The documentary mentions war here, which would have been the Vietnam war. Okay. They said, quote, his music career was interrupted by the call from his country. End quote. But I can't find a fucking shred of evidence of him actually serving. Oh, they There's never none. do go, do they? No. They never there was fucking none. serve. They there never was go to war. Never. Um, it's the only thing, like the only thing that connects is that um he I really think they wouldn't have you look into it because like Vietnam was going on and he became a pilot. He went to fucking pilot school, not through the military, unrelated, just was flying private, like single, what is single engine planes for the love of the game, like unaffiliated with the military at all. But like, and and so it literally says his music career was stopped by the war and he became a pilot. Like, Tangents are not connected here. Yeah. 
Um, I know that Vietnam was terrible and I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. But that being said, the people who wish it on him. Well, yeah, the people who tend to want the fucking wars are this guy, cookie cutter, and they never put their money where their mouth is. They never go to war. Yeah, no. They stay home and become pilots. And you want to know that the people who end up going to war are the very people that he's going to end up like targeting and, and milking them for all they're worth when they come home traumatized and desperate. Oh, absolutely. Well, speaking of traumatized and desperate, I'm going to jump to the future here for just a fucking moment. Oh, I didn't even read ahead. I'm going to because we all, we just, ex- we, oh, yeah, oh, reading ahead. No, <laughs> you better stop. Okay, you better stop because Kenneth Copeland likes everyone to think that he served in the military, that he served in Vietnam, and that's why he's a pilot. That is not the case. A number of veterans in military groups, including the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, the Forum on Military Chaplaincy, and Vote Vets, have protested against Copeland. Why? Copeland served as a member of President Donald Trump's Faith Advisory Board and caught heat Mm -hmm. from these groups after trying to hold a prayer breakfast in 2018 at Fort Jackson. Both little club-footed, pansy-ass draft dodgers. Mm-hmm. They just fucking flock they together. They can't help spurs, it. Chelsea. Oh, my bone spur. Yeah, so what? Why don't you shoot a bone spur off like a fucking X-Men in war, you pussy? <laughs> like, come on. Um, I, also I, do say, know I will say that, that Vietnam was terrible, but come on. It's always no. these guys. Now he's yeah. serving on an advisory board with another fucking draft dodger. But, like, knowing that Kenneth Copeland was on Trump's faith advisory board, and we'll go into the controversies of Kenneth Copeland, it just, like, checks the fuck out. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So why? Why were they mad? Well, they weren't just protesting the scamming-ass televangelist. They were there protesting because of his numerous claims that the Bible says soldiers should not suffer or claim to suffer from a post-traumatic stress disorder. Dude. I'm getting like actually mad. Oh, well, I'm gonna make you matter. I would There's like an entire you, fucking patron saying soldiers. I would like the head you fucking archangel. It's in the Bible. I would like you to read what Copeland cites. So like you're gonna do all <clears throat> this, okay? Copeland cites Numbers 32 verses 20 through 22 is the verse to back his claim. The passage reads, Then Moses said to them, If you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for this war, and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. Any of you suffering from PTSD, this is Copeland now, I want you to listen to me right now, Copeland said in 2013. You get rid of that right now. You don't take drugs to get rid of it. It doesn't take psychology. That a promise right there points to the Bible. We'll get rid of it. In a letter to uh, Fort Jackson commander, uh, Major General Madge Jen. It just says Madge Jen. Is that a Major General? I think Does so. Does that exist? Madge Jen, John P. Johnson, MRFF president and founder Mikey Weinstein asked that given PTSD is a recognized mental health disorder, why would Copeland even be allowed to be on the post? Dude, there are patron saints of trauma. There's literally 
dimphna is like the patron state of trauma. Like this is so insane. I know that's Catholicism, but that is recognized. Oh my God. If you, anyway, going on, if you trivialize PTSD, you trivialize the members of the military that have this very serious disease. If he's going to claim next that you can't have a traumatic brain injury, is he going to say at Fort Jackson that PTSD doesn't exist? And just a note here, the breakfast happened anyway. And in response to this feedback, Fort Jackson said, you don't have to go. It's optional and free. I would have gone just to take a seat and just fucking wore a pussy shirt, you know? Like throwing tomatoes at him. And then also here, (sighs) according to PTSD.gov, about six out of every 100 people or 6% of the population will have PTSD at some point in their lives. About 12 million adults in the U.S. have PTSD during a given year. People who battle PTSD are not just veterans and soldiers. PTSD can occur when a person survives any traumatic event, such Mm -hmm. as physical assault, car accident, or natural disaster. So I just wanted to highlight all of that. I know that, like, I talk about my sister a lot. Um, Actually did, you know, was actually in the military. Purple Heart recipient, literally a war hero, did have PTSD. And the trauma that it even takes on the entire family, right? Like I even remember when she came home the first time her like dragging us out of bed, telling us like, get down, get the fuck down. And then her running outside, hiding under cars. My dad's out there in his like fucking underwear trying to like get my sister. People are wondering if they need to call the cops because somebody's screaming, like they're killing them. They're killing them. And then my dad's like, don't, don't, it's fine. It's fine. Like, And then having to, like, explain to people, if you hear, like, Jessica, like, screaming, crying, and freaking out, it's okay. She just has PTSD. Um, And then that's that's the treatment for PTSD, is the community becomes responsible for it to put up with it. But the fallout of PTSD that you often see with homelessness or self-medicating and things like that is swept under the rug. Because my sister got treated for her PTSD. Her housing allowance was for Bountiful Utah. Her treatment for PTSD was in fucking Colorado. Now, in order for her to get a housing allowance, like, she had to qualify for a whole bunch of different things. So, she had to keep her – she had to do, like, all this stuff. She had to go to the fucking VA hospital in Salt Lake to make sure she was checking in. But in order to get to fucking Colorado to get to some of her PTSD stuff, she would have had to miss her VA appointments, which would have made it so she couldn't qualify for the housing she got. Yeah. Insane, man. Yeah. Like they make it impossible to get treatment. And like I have like it, it's, it's Yeah, the VA insane. is a joke. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah, the, the VA, VA is, is a joke. fucking joke. Fuck you, VA. I'm sure some of your people do mean well, but like your infrastructure is trash and you're trash and people are dying on your watch. And I don't think you do anything about it. But hey, you know what? Thanks for the free fucking flag. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is, baby. So anyway, um, let's get back to the bullshit. Apparently, Kenneth Copeland was just flying planes for fun. (laughs) Nothing to do with the military. Um, Until Sunday, October 8th, 1961, when he met a girl. And, as any true narcissist would, asked her to marry him on their first date. Mm, And like any pick me, she said yes. You better believe she did. Mm -hmm. And on April 13th, 1962, the world was officially cursed with Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. 
uh, a pox on this day. I spit. I couldn't agree more. In 1967, his parents got him into a meeting at Oral Roberts University, which is like BYU for evangelicals. If Brigham Young was still alive to found it, oversee it until his death until 2009. Pretend that's what Oral Roberts University is. Okay, gotcha. He got into the sham school and took on a position as a driver and a co-pilot to the university's private jet because the university performed religious ceremonies. Okay. So they needed a private jet. Sure. Um, and by the university's private jet, you fucking sure know I mean Oral Roberts himself. Man, what a fucking dumb name, by the way. I'm just going to say it here. I know. Your name is Oral Dick. No, that's Richard, isn't it? It's okay. We'll pretend it's Oral Dick. Oral Bob. <laughs> you sound like the town pedophile. <laughs> For sure. You can see terrifying pictures of these two, like, performing their, quote, the laying of hands, a.k.a. grabbing people's faces and screaming the demons out of them. Yeah. That's how they got into me in the first place. <laughs> Dude, you have to look up the footage. It's wild. Um they mention here in the doc <laughs> that while praying on the Arkansas River in 1967, God told him, Mr. Kenneth Copeland, to be Mr. Worldwide <laughs> of Preachers. He can't be Mr. Worldwide. That's Pitbull, dog. He told him. He told him, you have <laughs> no. to go worldwide. You have no. to be a worldwide preacher. And I was like, Mr. Worldwide. Um, no, that's Pitbull. That's immediately the thing I'm thinking. That's fucking Pitbull. And I think we should let him know. <laughs> even though he was around first, I feel like you know, Pitbull couldn't even take him down. It's Pitbull doesn't taken. even, yeah, he doesn't even have, he can't take on a mega church. I bet they have more money than him. Not even I don't Pitbull's know about that. Safe. I don't know. He's Mr. Worldwide. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> June 1967, <clears throat> apparently as broke boys, they created Kenneth Copeland Evangelicalist Association Incorporated. The Kakai. I know. It's fucking, phew. They toured churches preaching and stated to be, quote, influenced by other preachers like Kenneth E. Hagen, who was big in developing radio broadcasting preaching at that time. And that was kind of it. If I'm being honest, um, he knew at this point the community's target. He had charisma and basically had on-the-job training with Oral Roberts. But radio was, like, not really for this vain facelift motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He started having a segment on TV called, quote, The Prayer Group with Kenneth Copeland. Ugh. His wife was taking a big backseat here, but eventually he saw her as another money-making opportunity when the two of them started pumping out books. And to this day, have you ever, ever seen a magazine in, like, a doctor's office titled Victory? Fucking run, because that's their shit, and it's still in publication. It's still really big. Ugh. Naturally, as things were cooking up for them, God, in his ever-so-perfect timing, told Kenny he needed to preach by, quote, every available voice. Radio, all stations he could, singing, but for Jesus this time, ah. putting out new albums. But he wasn't popping the fuck off like he wanted to. And here I want to say that the Denny's in Texarkana is a holy place for these fucks, because Kenneth and Gloria went there for dinner and that is where they planned their TV domination. Dude, I bet if you look at a map, like the center of a 
fucking upside down star. The Denny's is right at the center. Right? Oh, absolutely. It's like if you move the Denny's, it's just a black hole. Yeah. And unfortunately for all of us, it worked. And I really want to highlight that I think this was a big right time, right place timing situation as they jumped off right at the pop of televangelism and they already had like a resume of people they knew and worked with. So they got in pretty easily. Damn it. They rebranded to the Kenneth Copeland um, missionaries. Whatever. They rebranded from Kenneth Copeland to Kenneth Copeland. Okay. I hope that their audience doesn't get too confused. (laughs) It's stupid. (laughs) They turned into a storage. (coughs) They turned a storage space into a studio and blasted their programming everywhere. And this is where I think what they preached and how they preached it changed. Um, I have a feeling in the beginning they weren't... I, I'm not going to go back and fucking listen to their early Don't. early preachings and, and Bibles. I would only wish times. that on my worst enemy. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not going to fucking do it. But at this point, they started raking in the dough. And you have to switch it up. You have to flip it, reverse it, make it work for you. If all of a sudden you're buying private jets and you have a giant fucking studio, you've got to switch it up. And I think that's where the prosperity gospel teachings came into play. Because also, when you get to this level of televangelism and with these other people who are like in the same lane as them, experiencing the same pop of popularity and money, they're all sharing that same shit. So they're like taking tips and pointers from other people doing mm-hmm. the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, and then they twist it. Like what a dollar can get you. Look what a hundred can. Look what a thousand can. And and exactly. And even in this documentary, as it tries to explain away their $6.3 million tax-free, I want to answer here, due to the Religious Parsonage Act, Mansion Estate, they don't forget to tell you that when they started, they had two rooms in a supply closet. Oh, but those also, humble like they, beginnings. My God. Dude, fuck him. So now let's get into the bread and butter. <clears throat> Controversies. Ooh. Dude, this some of the shit is recent. I'm like seeing the dates here, the 2010s. Yeah, it's very recent. Right in our backyard. January 2nd, 2010. A 7.0 magnitude earthquake struck Haiti, leaving its capital, Port-au-Prince, devastated. About 220,000 people were reportedly killed. According to the Christian Post... Kenneth Copeland Ministries collected donations nonstop for disaster relief to Haiti. They were promising their program called the Angel Flight 44. <clears throat> the Angel Flight 44 ministry was announced back in 2006 after Hurricane Katrina. And also just a note here, I think they did one airdrop to Katrina. And it was, that was Bibles. It. it was just Bibles. It was nothing. But they had been funding for Angel Flight 44 since then. And and when uh hate like the disaster in Haiti happened, they were again doing that whole like call in now, blah blah blah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Your money's gonna go to here. They did like one of those um, what are those even called? <laughs> like a specific name. Telethon. That. Yeah, telethon. They telethoned it. Yeah. But the funds were never accounted for. <laughs> oh, the Carol Baskin's treatment, huh? Just went on a plane and never came back. I see. Yeah. And the airplane support never made it to Haiti. A spokesperson for Kenneth Copeland Ministries 
Stephen Swisher told the Christian Post, quote, this was not a specific promise of the timeline attached, end quote, and said that the money was spent on airplane repairs and that the airplane was, quote, not in airworthy condition and had, quote, structural issues. Why, why doesn't Kenneth fly his own airplane there that he ha happens to own? Oh, we'll talk about his airplanes in a second. Oh, okay. But he was on one of those Epstein flights. I'd like to see the book. Show me the black book. <laughs> um, I'm going to make you read the Mike Huckabee controversy okay. um, as I go get another drink so I don't cough my face off. <sighs> I've been muting myself so much to just like hack. Let me yeah. get a good let me get a good cough out. And Welcome read to my hell. There she goes. Okay, I'll be back. <sighs> In late November 2007, Mike Huckabee, the 2008 Republican presidential primary candidate, made six appearances on Copeland's daily television program, Believer's Voice of Victory, discussing character, of all things. Huckabee, an ordained Baptist minister who quote-unquote really should have known better, was appearing on Copeland's daily broadcast to promote his book, Character is the Issue, How People with Integrity Can Revolutionize America. And through the years, Copeland has invited many church pastors and evangelists to appear on his daily program to discuss their respective books. Subsequently, in 2008, the Huckabee campaign paid to use Kenneth Copeland Ministries facilities for a fundraiser. And because of this, in December 2007, Kenneth Copeland Ministries was one of six uh, ministries investigated in the United States Senate inquiry into the tax-exempt status of religious organizations led by Senator Chuck Grassley. And out of those four of our, and out of those four, our good old Kenneth Copeland did not cooperate with the Senate Finance Committee's request for information or volunteer to make reforms. And the investigation could not conclude if the Copelands made personal profit from financial donations. And during their IRS investigation, reports of intimidation of employees during the investigation and continued harassment after were noted. Former employees were afraid to provide statements for the fear of being sued since they signed confidentiality agreements. One former employee stated, The Copelands employ guerrilla tactics to keep their employees silent. We are flat out told and threatened that if we talk, God will blight our finances, strike our families down, and pretty much afflict us with everything evil and unholy. Rather, God will allow Satan to do those things to us because we have stepped out from under his umbrella of protection by touching God's anointed prophet. Current employees are encouraged to shun and badly treat anyone who speaks out. Do you like that? I don't like it that much, actually. I could have done without it. I could have done a lot without a lot of this. Dude, imagine what these people could do for good. He would get so much more attention. If you just want attention, man... You could have it, but he can't he just settle attention. with attention. He wants he money. Wants money, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about 2003 or 2013. A measles outbreak with 25 confirmed cases in Tarrant County, Texas, was attributed in the press to anti-vaccine sentiments expressed by all members of Copeland Ministries. <sighs> Naturally, the church denied this despite being the same fuckers who tell cancer patients to stop treatment and donate to them for a cure. Mm -hmm. You'll so be cured in heaven. They yeah, already I mean, figured yeah. out the answer. God. Let's talk about one of my favorites. Um, 
2016, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland were featured in a 2015 episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And it's fucking amazing. Please go watch it. It's incredible. Um, but John called them out for using tax laws, as mentioned before, the Parsonages Act, to live in a $6.3 million mansion. Um, and it has it's subject to no income taxes because of the Parsonages allowance. And he also criticized them for using church donations to buy a $20 million jet that was used for trips to ski resorts and private game ranches and for promoting of healing through faith and skepticism of medicine. So the Parsonage Act specifically doesn't, they don't have to pay taxes on their house. They don't have to pay taxes on anything. Nothing. Yeah, no. Yeah, they're paying no taxes. Okay. Yeah. Um. And John Oliver made sure to highlight Gloria saying that doctors give patients, quote, poison that will make you sicker and that the church is an alternative to medical treatment, quote, which do you want to do? Do you want to do that? Copeland asked of the doctor's, quote, poison treatment, or do you want to sit here on Saturday morning, hear the word of God and let faith come into your heart and be healed? Also, are you filing your nails? I'm so sorry. It's just I can happening. hear it the whole time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You it's only bitch. like a it's like a very gentle buffer. It's not even like an emery board. I just picked it up and I don't I I got put That's, the nail stuff away. I've been pushing my cuticles. Horrible. No, no one's God, you notice. and Kenneth Copeland, motherfucker. No, no. If I could hear it, it's gonna sound. No, well, if you would just send me a dollar so that <laughs> I could get my nails done, then we wouldn't even be in this mess. I think you should pray about it through financial donations. Yeah, um, <laughs> from you. Do- donate to me, and then so, I'll pray for you. Speaking of praying, in 2008, the ministry stated that it owned five airplanes, one of which is valued at 17.5 million dollars. They bought a multi-million dollar Gulfstream 5 jet airplane from none other than Tyler fucking Perry. Oh, fucking Medea's tied into this <laughs> bullshit too? Medea! <laughs> How dare you! And in 2015, Kenneth defended the use of private jets as a necessary part of their ministry, comparing flying in a commercial plane to getting quote, in a long tube with a bunch of demons. <laughs> I've re- had my fair share of long tubes full of demons. <laughs> and as of August of 2018, Copeland was requesting another $19.5 million from followers for the building of a hangar, upgrading of the runway, and maintenance. Mm, that'll help the cancer. Let's talk about the recent shit. The real recent shit. Ooh. On March 11th, 2020... Kenneth claimed to heal viewers of his TV show of COVID-19, asking them to touch the television set as he prayed for them. He called it a weak strain of the flu and stated that he did not agree with pastors who canceled their services due to the virus. He was also saying constantly that God told him that it would soon be over as Christian prayers had overwhelmed it. On oh, March 20... <laughs> surprise, it's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> on, on March 29th, 2020, in a televised sermon, he, quote, executed judgment on COVID-19. He claimed that it was, quote, finished and over, and that the U.S. was now, quote, healed and well again. 
Dude, you know the thing I love about this is like, you know, with New Japan, how there will be like entire fights where the ref is like officiating between two invisible opponents. Yeah. I'd love to see him in the ring fighting <laughs> COVID. And it's just him doing like the people's elbow on for those, nothing. For those who don't know what Chelsea's talking about, Japanese pro wrestling is incredible. And not only do they have a blow-up doll who's, like, undefeated, yeah. they also have a fully invisible um, wrestler who absolutely beats the shit out of people. And so mm-hmm. imagine what you see here. That's also what we see when Kenneth yeah. Goldblatt is in the fucking ring with COVID-19. Oh, entertaining. He went into the wrong – he could have been such a good professional wrestler. I know. He could have used his is. powers for good. He kind of is, though, if you look at him. He does put on a show. It's unfortunate people die at it, though. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he he demanded that the vaccine come immediately. That we were anti-vax. But months later oh. claimed that he would not take the vaccine because oh. it was, quote, the mark of the beast. Okay. Okay. So, you know. We're a little pancaking, flip-flopping yeah. here. But that's all right. Who knows? You're confused. I'm confused. We're all fucking confused. In another sor- sermon shortly thereafter, Copeland claimed to destroy the virus with the, quote, wind of God. Saying, That's a quote, fart. <laughs> I blow the wind of God on you. You are destroyed forever and you'll never be back. Thank you, God. Let it happen. Cause uh, it to happen. Also, he's defeated COVID three times now. So it sounds like he's yeah. not defeating it. Pick a fucking lane, dude. Dude, no, it's a round robin tournament style, man. No, it's just like, yeah, it's... I don't know what to say. I don't know. About okay, this is super this. problematic, but I would have more respect for him if he just went with the original that he's like executed judgment on it and that it's finished it over back in the beginning of March. If he stuck with that and then denied that the rest of it ever happened, I would be like, at least he committed yeah. to the bit and didn't go back and retry it three more fucking times, you know? Yeah. Right? Come on, man. Also, saying that the mark of the beast is the vaccine, that's, like, such low-hanging fruit. Like, you I can know. be way more... Be creative. That's straight yeah. up off of QAnon, you fucking copy-paster. Oh, my God. The, the command P, command C, straight command up. V, man. And as we all know, a lot of people lost their jobs in the economic crisis that COVID caused. And Kenneth naturally advised the faithful to continue paying tithings to a church, even if they had lost their jobs. From August 3rd through the 8th of 2020, right at the height of it, yeah. Oh, the peak, babes. They hosted the Southwest Believers Conference at the Fort Worth Convention Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Despite restrictions on social gatherings to limit the spread of the pandemic, even local leaders criticized the event, attended by hundreds of people, but were unable to enforce public health restrictions because religious gatherings were exempt under Governor Greg Abbott's executive orders. Oh my god, idiots. I know. So I wonder why people died from that. I feel like I heard that people were, there were like super spreader events where a lot of people were dying. Absolutely it was. And last but not least, on November 8th, 2020, Copeland led attendance at a church service to mock and deny the 2020 U.S. presidential election results. Copeland explained, quote, the media said, what? The media said, Joe Biden president and forced the congregation and viewers watching to mock laugh for at least 30 seconds 
at the results. And you can see the clip if you want. It was grabbed by Right Wing Watch and is viewed over 8 million times. Oh, my God. I don't know if I, I want to watch it, but then also just, like, the fake inauthentic laughing. Some of the best crazy gifts ever are Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. There he is, baby. You're this is only high. fucking part one. You're a patriotic demon. This is your bald eagle of Jesus Christ himself, Kenneth fucking Copeland. Dude, part one of the television. And he's still alive? He absolutely is still alive, and they are still broadcasting. They remind me of, like, Martha Stewart videos, because, like, in Christmas, they set the stage up to be looking like a nice crackling fire in a living room. Yeah, I can see some of it with his... They both have gotten, like, so much plastic surgery that they look like lion people. Yeah, no, I'm looking at some of the old ones versus some of the new ones, and it's... Yeah, you know, like, when people get so much plastic surgery and, like, bad facelifts that they start to look feline? Yeah, that's... Or they're, like, their skin doesn't look like skin anymore, right? Like, they look perpetually shiny, but also somehow matted at the same time. Yeah, he is fucking terrifying. His wife looks like a... Deformed whoopee cushion. (laughs) (laughs) His wife looks like a human version of a crusty white dog. Like, you know what I mean? She she looks like the personification of a deep breath. Just (laughs) does not look good. Look at this picture I found. Also, Uh, look up their house. Look up their estate. I'm seeing it, yeah. Like 24 acres of house. It is insane. Um, So yeah, everyone go look up um, some of his clips. They're unfortunate and they will ruin your entire day. Oh my god, Look, you should use this picture for the Instagram, but then Photoshop big dick into his mouth because <laughs> it's perfect. Look at it, he's like, got his mouth so open right next to the microphone. It's, I I know I- Where did you send that? I don't see it. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, okay, he scared the shit out of me. Because <laughs> I sent it to the work Slack shit. The other day, I accidentally sent our Zoom link to, like, general for some reason. I was like, (laughs) like, immediately. Look at that. Look at that low-hanging fruit. Yeah, we'll turn that mic into a dick real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a real missionary work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really doing the work of God. Um, Speaking of doing the work of God, we sure do it every week on Patreon, where a $1 gets you in. Don't forget you sign an NDA so you can't say shit, especially over these last two weeks, because, baby, that shit is fucking juicy. <laughs> I mean, if you want to read about it, you can just Google us now, but it's fine. <laughs> you can just Google it, but we'll give you the insider shit. Yeah, if you want the real tea. The real shit, that real tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get the link to our Patreon in the link tree that's in any of our bios, the podcast, or our personal pages individually. You can also find a link to our merch page where we still have the Protect Trans Kids shirts. 100% of the proceeds go to helping um, pro-trans organizations. We also have a link to um, Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl Etsy's page where she has our stickers and cool-ass fucking shit and then her individual cool-ass shit. We've also got our Discord server, which absolutely joined that. It's always popping off on there. And of course links to listen to us but again i don't know how you need those if you're doing it right now <laughs> and how you can find us on on twitter i'm at noel fane that's at sith lard 
And of course, most importantly, especially right now, we have a link to um, pro-choice resources at the top of our link tree. Check that out. Um, it's showing you ways to help financially and physically and virtually. Um, so check it out, support them. And, um, you know, I hope Kenneth Copeland hears this. And I hope that he hears me say with my entire heart, Hail Satan. Mm. Hail Planned Parenthood. Hail Planned Parenthood for sure. May we yep. make a donation in Mr. Copeland's name. Absolutely. Okay, bye. Bye.